Welcome to the Blessings Podcast, where we explore the twists and turns of life in all its perfect imperfection, so you can see how all kinds of other people are just like you. I am Mitzi Campbell, your life story mentor, a transformational teacher, lifelong educator, college professor, with decades of work in education, self-development and psychology, nonprofit leadership, and the arts. I am a flower photographer, a yogi, a knitter, a voracious reader, and a mom of three fantastic grown-ups. And I'm so happy to be your host for this experience of connection, gratitude, blessings, and lessons. We are here to see firsthand that people of all walks of life go through things that are invisible on the outside, and that we just never know what our fellow humans are carrying with them on this crazy journey. So get comfy and let's listen with love, compassion, and an open mind as we ditch the small talk and go deep into discovering others so we can better get to know ourselves. Welcome back to the Blessings Podcast, friends. I have a huge treat for you, Evan Carmichael. He was a very shy and nervous child who went to a few different schools and had trouble making friends until he met Mrs. Farr a teacher mentor who believed in him enough to help him to finally believe in himself. He made a life-changing choice at 19 years old that would lead him away from the safe path of a comfortable job into the world of entrepreneurship, where he would sacrifice and question his decision and try to quit, but ultimately achieve amazing things that led him to running a YouTube channel with over 3 million subscribers and 500 million views. He's written four books. He speaks all over the world as a top-level global speaker, and he could be anywhere, but he's here with us because he really cares about people, and his passion is solving the world's biggest problem, that people don't believe in themselves enough. He is still an introvert, but he knows how to live large, proving he is a multi-passionate person as the owner of Canada's largest salsa dance studio, where he met his wife. And he always has a huge bag of Doritos on his desk, simply to remind him that he is stronger than the Doritos. (laughs) Welcome, Evan Carmichael, to the show. What an intro. Thank you, Mitzi. Great to be here. So you never eat the Doritos? No. Okay. What what is the expiration date on that bag? How long has it been sitting there? How long have you persevered? Let's see. That's a great question. Where does it show me the expiration? It's definitely been a while. Do they expire? I think it does say freshness <laughs> guaranteed. Oh, until printed date, and there's it's worn off. So it's not old that it's worn <laughs> off. I love it. Yeah, so it's pretty old. Yeah, it's pretty old. No matter this, I guess it's probably not even. Does it even? It's like Twinkies. Do they even actually get old? But even though it's probably maybe years expired at this point, I, my mouth still waters holding this. You know, I still want to eat this. And just thinking about Doritos or saying the word Doritos. I have this Pavlovian, uh, I just want to eat it. So my strategy is called Damn the Doritos for people who don't know. So can't you get a healthier sponsor for your videos? They don't, they would never sponsor videos. And if they did, they'd look at it and say, damn the Doritos, because I want to remind myself that I'm stronger than the Doritos. So that's why it's here. Nobody's ever asked you the expiration date. And now I just found out that, yeah, it's been smudged off because it's been here so long. I'm glad I was able to ask you something original. That's very important to me. I have defeated macaroni and cheese, so I can relate to that very strongly. (laughs) Okay, so your full life story is available on your website. And so we have Evan for a limited time today. I'm going to dive into some really meaningful conversation. I happened to catch you this morning doing an Instagram live. 
with a man from the Netherlands. You were mentoring this man and he had an idea. He was asking you for advice. And here's what I noticed about your conversation and the kind of person you are, right? You were genuinely interested. You were kind, you were loving, you were supportive, you were motivating, and you were very patient. And you took this guy very seriously, which I loved. And in the spirit of growth mindset, you told him the tough love things that he needed to know in order to make his idea work. You genuinely cared about his idea and him. And that came through so strongly because that is who you are. You wanted to help him to move forward. And it got me thinking about all of the people that you've worked with over your career, some very big names. And that people can get what they want and where they want to go by being kind and respectful, or they can get there by being mean and ruthless and terrible. So how does kindness play into success for you? Wow. First, thank you for joining in on the live. That was a fun little session. Didn't expect it to be there. So that's great. How does kindness play in? I don't know that I even think about it that much, to be honest. I think it's less of a strategy, like all those things that you said that were very nice about me and how I... uh, treated Ablahad, who what was his name on our session today, I was just, it was less strategy and just being me. I don't go in thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put my caring hat on and my treat them like they're important hat and take them seriously and be patient. And what all these other amazing things you said, I don't know. I just want to help. And <laughs> that's what showed up. So it's less strategic and just more operate how you are. And I think people are good. I think people at the core are kind. I think if you just look at people and ask them what are their goals and what are the most important core values, it's always something positive. It's never, I want to kill the world. Like deep down, there's, I'm sure 0.00001% of people have a screw loose or something, but even the biggest haters, I got a comment today, which great example. This person left a comment on my video saying, Hey, Evan, I really wanted to apologize for my comment on your video last week, I called you condescending and said some mean things. And I watched his video and realized you're not and you care about people. And it was just me going through a really rough moment at the time. And I'm paraphrasing the, the comment, but like they're not, we see a negative comment or somebody treats you poorly. It's they're not bad people. They're good people. People want to be good. But when we're hurt and when we're in a lot of pain, we don't show up as our best selves. I'm all about believe you're about spreading blessings. That's great. You haven't always shown up as your best self too. And I haven't either. And hopefully we haven't hurt any people along the way, but somebody might feel like we were rude or cut them off or said something that hurt them even if it was accidental. But I just go in with the hope that this is a good person. I'm trying to help. Hopefully I have something that I can even help with. Like most things I'm pretty ignorant on. And I just hope that when interviews like this or when I'm coaching somebody, I actually have something that I can share. Most things you're pretty brilliant on. <laughs> oh, I would not. I am not. <laughs> I have to tell you that I have been watching your YouTube videos since the early days. You were one of the first people I found on YouTube for whatever reason. And I watched those early videos you made. You used to make top 10 videos a lot. And so I have known your propensity towards success and positivity for a long time. And I was really interested in what you said to this gentleman today. You talked to him about the importance of connections and the idea that you're co-creating with other people, which actually I've heard that from a couple of people. Like I was on a call with Dr. Joe Vitale and he mentioned that he's in from the secret. So the co-creating thing is like a universal twang that I really love. And you talked to this guy about teaming up with people who might be further along. 
or can help you in some way, and that you should worry more about the who's than the how's. Would you reserve this advice for only people who are just starting out of a small network or also for people who are maybe giants in a given industry? He was starting up. I think it really just depends on the size of what you're trying to accomplish. So he had a big goal that he wanted to accomplish. He was trying to create the first ultra marathon across the Netherlands and take over the biggest highway in the country. There are some things that you can do yourself, little things you can do yourself. He wanted to be a triathlon, a triathlete. So he ran, he just ran his first triath- triathlon, <laughs> getting messed up on the word. But he went from being a smoker and overweight and mental health issues. And he ran his first triathlon. You can do something like that on your own. It's always helpful to have people join you, whether it's just moral support or advice, but little things you can do on your own. So many things, buying a cup of coffee, you can do on your own, trying your shoes, you can do on your own. There's many even tiny goals you can do on your own. But the bigger the goal is, the more you need to get other people involved and the less you can focus on the how. So I like to go from why to how to who. So at the beginning of what you're doing, you're going to start blessings. How many episodes have you done? I'm up to about 70 something. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. At the beginning, it's hard. At the beginning, there's all this uh, self-doubt. Who's going to watch my show? Does the world need another podcast? Do I even have another voice? Is anybody going to care? All What is my studio going to look like? And all of these things that we think about. And the thing that gets you through is actually not the how, it's the why. At the beginning, it's the why. Why are you doing this show? Why is it so important that this thing exists? So at the very beginning, the why really matters. I, I want to create a show to spread blessings around the world. If you can feel connected to what you're doing, you're much more likely to get going. And so at the beginning, it's really just about creating momentum, and that's remembering the why. Then it moves into the how. And the how is, okay, I, I feel connected to the mission. I want to start my podcast. Great. I'm going to, I need to figure out what I'm doing. I need to get a camera. I need to ask people that they want to come on my show. I need to get my blessings sign and some tulips. And I need to, yeah, I'm sure the sets evolved over the years too. Probably didn't start off this way, or maybe it did. Uh, I just got that. Perfect. It's like it, it evolves and it grows. And if we come back in three years, it'll be even better, right? It'll be ongoing change. But that then it goes to the how. And the how is how do we just, we need to start doing something. But then as you continue to build, evolve, and grow, it moves to the who. Because as your mission gets bigger, there's no way for you to how everything. The why is still there, but there's no way for you to how everything. Because there's too many things that have to get done. So for Ablahad today on the call, he wanted to have this ultra marathon across the country there's so many things that have to get done from permits. How do you shut down the world? Not the world, the country's largest highway. How do you organize an ultra marathon? How do you like all of these hows that for him to learn any of those hows would take years. If for him to learn all those hows would be impossible. It just, he would pass out before he would learn all these things. And so you need to then involve other people. So the evolution becomes to the who. So it's from the why to the how to the who. And to your question about, is it the difference between successful people and people who are at the start? If there's one thing I would say that the successful people have in common, it's that they quickly try to involve who's. Yeah. I am not the expert at this. I don't want to learn this. I want the person who's going to tell me how to do this. And I'd love for them to go off and even take it on instead of me having to do anything. And the more successful you are and the bigger the vision you have, the more you have to involve other people in your thing. And your job is is to be able to 
talk about the why, which is the first thing, like why this thing is so important and get people excited by it so they can contribute their expertise and what they're great. So they're bringing their hows instead of you having to figure out the how. Yeah, I love that answer. It made me think about a famous essay called I Pencil. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the premise is that I'm going to hold up my pen, but it's the same premise that something that seems very simple, like a pencil, actually involves so many different processes and steps in order to construct that you really have to think about how you can align your resources. I think that's really important what you're just talking about. It's a beautiful answer. When people read your story, they're going to find out that you're very vulnerable. Your website is really cool. It's it's a great website. And I love that on the website, you're really candid about your insecurities. You mentioned being divorced. You mentioned concerns about being a good father. You mentioned nervousness and being somehow downing yourself sometimes when you're going into an interview. All things that we can relate to, all of us. But yet you continue to believe in yourself in spite of your insecurities. So whose voice do you hear in your head telling you that you can do it? A combination of a few. The first is my best self. So I'm talking to myself constantly and saying, okay, Evan, let's go. You got this. You can do this. It's going to be a great day. Let's go. You're going to have a great session with Mitzi. It's going to be awesome. Let's like I'm constantly just... I guess if you can hear the conversation in my own head, I might be put in an asylum or something, but it's like I'm constantly talking to myself and trying to cheer myself on. <laughs> the second is my parents. My mom would always say, you're Evan Kostrilli Carmichael. You do anything you believe that you can. And that's a constant reminder. There's a, there's a giant picture of my parents right there in front of me as a reminder. And then the third is all the people that I profile. You, you mentioned the top 10 series on my channel. I profile successful people because I want to be around them every day because I want to learn something from them every day. And when I see Elon Musk thinking about a backup plan for the earth by going to Mars, it's, man, I thought I was thinking big. And here is like backup plan for all of humanity and not using that as a kick down like I suck and I'm not thinking big enough, but as a push forward to say, wow, this is these people are doing amazing things and therefore I can too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, was she in the background? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I I love dachshunds. <laughs> Here's, I'll bring her in here. Okay. Uh, this is Tristana, and she usually is at my feet. Uh, she's got this giant fluffy pillow, and she likes to work uh, at my feet. And so I guess she went out to have a snack or something, and then my door was closed for this session. So she walked by. She's like, let me in. I need to get on my warm uh, pillow. So I'm yeah, sorry I Tristana. interrupted you, but I just go crazy over dachshunds. They're so cute. <laughs> Yeah, so we got a mini dachshund and we have a, a shipu as well. Oh, so great. See, I love that. And this is the personal stuff that I like to bring into the interviews because people love to see the real side of you. It's great. And thank you for bringing it up. I'm not one to overshare or I guess maybe it's just being an introvert. I'm like, who cares about my life? Why would I say what I'm eating for lunch or talk about my dog or it just feels like nobody cares? And why would I? It, it's not natural for me to want to share that stuff. Which is why I like doing interviews and shows because it allows the host to pull out from behind the curtain whatever they find interesting. And if that makes it more human, it's great. But let's go. I love it. So thank you for asking the weird questions. <laughs> it's those parts of people that we really love. It's those parts that connect us and the parts that we see ourselves in. So that's the whole my whole premise. And I love that. And 
your whole premise is about belief and the idea that people should believe in themselves and can believe in themselves. So what would the world look like in your vision if everyone could believe in themselves? Oh, wow. that That's nirvana. Mm. I, I don't think you're ever done believing in yourself. There's always another level. And so if I look at I'm what, I'm 43 now. And if I go back to my first real business, I was 19. Man, if 19-year-old Evan believed in himself like 43-year-old Evan does now, it would be amazing. But at the same time, I'm not done either. If if 83-year-old Evan came back to 43-year-old Evan, it's the same message. Hey, you got to believe in yourself more to do the next big thing. When starting your show, I'm sure there's, at the beginning, you maybe didn't believe in yourself. Who's going to watch my show? And how do I get started? And all these things. And now to do a show is not as big a deal. Like you've done, you've done a whole bunch, closing in on a hundred. It's exciting, but it's okay. What's the next level? Because there's always another level. And so I think the world's biggest problem is people don't believe in themselves. I think whatever cancer is a problem. Yes. Okay. I think the woman who solves cancer would have already solved it by now, but she's a manager at some accounting firm because she never believed in herself to go into med school or to solve this grand challenge and so settled for a smaller life. I think that's what most people do. And I don't have all the answers for sure on how to do that. I, my best guess at, a, at an answer is content at scale, which is why I can't talk to everybody one-on-one and, and all the mentors out there can't talk to everybody one-on-one, but we can make content. And I think YouTube is the best place to do it right now. And if people watch your video and some of the lessons that you've shared and the guests that you've had on, that video might change somebody's life. We have all been in the in a place where you watched a video and it changed your life. You watched somebody's video and it changed your life. It's happened to you. It's happened to me. It's happened to everybody watching this video. And so you might make that video for somebody else. It doesn't only have to be the Tony Robbins of the world or whoever, insert life guru. It could be your video. And when we see, oh, 50 people watch the video, like, oh, only 50 people watch. We feel like a total failure. But it's like 50 people watch that. Maybe for two people, that was a life-changing video for them. Yep. And that so, was one, that's funny. That's one of my questions I had that makes me think about sometimes you're meant to fly under the radar because if you were flying up there with all the other airplanes, the person who was meant to find you wouldn't be able to see you. Yeah, I think I think everybody is built to serve. I it's funny in language how sometimes the same thing can be empowering and sometimes it can be disempowering, right? Saying it's you're meant to fly on the radar, some Somebody could take that in a really empowering way, and somebody could also keep that as a, I guess then I'm not going to push harder and do more, right? But no, you can, you, now is your time. So as long as you view that as an empowering thing to help push you forward, then yeah, absolutely. If you did a speech and 50 people were in there in, in this room waiting for, to hear you speak, you'd be excited. Oh my God, 50 people are here to hear me speak. But then when we see it on a video, oh, that only 50 people saw this? I'm a total failure. And so... I think the game of growth, obviously we want to have an impact and you want to reach as many people as possible. And I'm sure your audience would as well. And the, and that's fine. And it's great. And it's a noble ambition. And it's a great goal to go spread more positivity in the world because, man, we need it right now. But the game of who we're not never ends, who we're not serving never ends. And we've had 600 and something million people now who've seen the videos. Why is it not a billion? Why is it not 5 billion? Why don't I have... 20 million subscribers or whatever, right? The game never ends, which is fine. It's exciting. We never want to reach the top of the mountain. But by the same token, instead of only looking forward at who or not, you can also look back and say who you've helped. 
and to know that the work you do is valuable and important. And this back to the why. If you can actually feel connected to why you're doing the thing that you're doing, that this video may not reach a million people, but if it reaches 14 and has a life-changing impact on them, it's totally worth it. And at least for me, that's what kept me going. If you look at the, you talk about my website, I show the year-over-year growth of YouTube subscribers. And year one was like 25 subscribers and year two was 70 something. I don't remember. But by year five, we still only had 2,000 subscribers or something. A lot of people would say that's a failure. Like you only had a couple thousand subscribers after five years of doing this. You must really suck. But I just always focus on who I was serving instead of who I wasn't. And I don't know. It just makes me happy. So I just keep going. (laughs) I love it. It's so great. And it's such a good example to people just to keep going, just to keep moving. And to not give up on your dreams. In your top 10 videos and all of the people that you have profiled, is there someone who you profiled early on that you never dreamed you would meet that later on you met? Oh, all of them. Not that I've met all of them, but I never thought I would meet any of them. I didn't have this big mission or or know that I'm like this strategic plan that I'm going to do this and then it's going to take me here and take me here. When I started on YouTube, nobody had a million subscribers. Nobody was doing educational videos. Nobody was doing long form videos. Like a seven minute video was crazy long. Nobody would do this. So I, and people say, how did you know? I didn't know. I just liked video and I was early and I just stuck around. But all the people that I've met, I guess the first big one was Tony Robbins. He's been on the show three or four times now, invited me backstage to his events and all sorts of fun stuff. But Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone and Mel Robbins and Brendan Burchard and I don't know, so many amazing people who I've met who a decade ago would have been, oh my God, I love this person and I'm just learning from their advice and now get to meet them. Les Brown, I think young Les Brown is the greatest speaker of all time. And when I connected with him, he wanted to have me on his podcast. Can I interview you for my podcast? You want to interview me? I'll... I want to interview you, man. How is how did this get flipped? This doesn't make sense to me. Again, that's trying to kill the negative voices in my head. It's like, yeah, of course, I'd be honored to come on and be a guest on your show. Yeah. Wonderful. So can you leave us with your biggest lesson or one of the top lessons that you've learned in this crazy life of yours? I think it all starts with belief. Maybe that's no surprise coming from me. But the 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 old adage, if you believe you can or you can't, you're right. A lot of times we have these great ideas that are really great ideas. And it's not even our friends or family who tear us down. It's ourselves. It's our own voice. I'm going to start a podcast. Oh, I'm excited. And then the next day, you're going to start a podcast. You can't start a podcast. Maybe that's why I'm so crazy in my own self-talk of cheering myself on and telling myself I can do things. Because I think that's the the biggest thing. There's so many, if you're listening to this show and you love Mitzi and you're loving her energy and her vibe and you have something great to contribute to. And how long is that going to take before you go off and do it? And maybe we can let this video or this interview that she created to be your permission to just do something about it. And it won't be great out of the start. Expect to suck at the start. It doesn't mean that you suck as a person. It just means that you don't have the skills yet. Go back and watch Mitzi's first interview versus this one. I'm sure there's progress. Go back and watch my first video versus this one. There's a ton of progress. I hated my first 350 videos and couldn't watch any of them back, but I just kept going. And let this video be that permission slip for you to 
take that idea that you've got that is noble, that is worthy, that is in service of others, and just get started and do something about it. Amazing. Thank you, Evan. You've been fantastic. Thank you, Mitzi. Thank you for the great questions. Tristana is now happily asleep on her pillow (laughs) and appreciate you having me on. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Evan Carmichael. I was truly honored to be able to speak with him because he really is one of the first people that I encountered online when I became interested in personal development many, many years ago. And YouTube was the only place to get that kind of inspiration. Evan was there from the get-go, and I love the way he has evolved over the years. It is amazing and empowering to see somebody with such authenticity and high integrity doing great things and really making a contribution to the world in such a positive way. Evan is authentic. He doesn't play games, and that is refreshing, and it gives me hope as I'm moving through this world in this space of podcasting and personal development, where I'm seeing that there are some people who are not what they seem, and there are a lot of people who do play games, and I just cannot get on board with all of that. So I am thrilled, thrilled to have spent this time with Evan and to have brought him to you. And I want you to know he is somebody you can trust. He's really a positive force. So if you want to connect with him further, all his information is going to be in the show notes. That is all for now, guys. You know where to find me if there's anything I can do to help you. I would love to be able to make a positive difference in your life.